podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Transfer Roundup show, as you can tell by my horrid voice compared to Trev's, it's Guy. Trev is, well, Trev and Dave couldn't get their uh, schedule sorted this week, so I had to step in for Trev, but I cut out the bag there. I'm with Dave this time. How are you doing, Dave? Okay, let's butch and Sundance ride again, eh, pal? Absolutely, absolutely. A bit of throwback to the early summer. Uh, when Liverpool actually did stuff, that might be a good omen. <laughs> uh, probably not. Um, but as we always do, we'll start with uh, the Liverpool stuff. I mean, we don't really expect much to happen, but Klopp did say the squad wouldn't really change unless we're selling anyone or people got injured. Um, and in the last few pre-season games, and obviously the Community Shield and uh, the Strasbourg game on the Sunday after, we, we have had a couple injuries. Ox apparently out for months rather than weeks. Yeah. Um, Jones just randomly had a moon boot and had crutches. <laughs> I don't know how yeah. that happened. And, and Kanate, I think Klopp said he didn't fear that being anything too serious, but he did get taken off as a precaution in that Strasbourg game. But do you, do you feel like any of them are that drastic? Because if you're picking out the midfield options that well, Klopp doesn't want any missing, but if you wanted any of them missing, you probably would say it would be Ox and probably Curtis Jones, because, let's be honest, Milner's probably for fifth choice above above Jones and maybe even Elliot. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. We, we almost feel like we're reaching, though, for honest, don't we? It's like you said, we, we've hung on to that unless someone wants to leave, which we're not hearing anything, or the injuries. And now, exactly as you said, we're thinking, right, Ox is major, but then there's the side of, yeah, but we always thought we'd have to be getting the wages off the book, as we'd said before. So that brings that downside. Jones and Canate, weird one, like you said. Jones just appears at the Strasbourg game with the moon boot all of a sudden. Klopp says afterwards, you know, it's we don't think it's too serious, but it's as his favourite phrase, it's not cool. So we'll have to see on the scan. Canate the same. He mentioned they think they caught it early enough, but it's on the scan. It's just weird, guy. It just feels like we're almost going to have to wait till, you know, tomorrow and the Fulham press conference to actually get yeah. an update because nothing's really coming out, is it at all? So, I mean, I'm kind of hoping, taking that, that it's not too bad for both of them. Let's be honest, don't really want to be getting into big injury territory just as the season's about to start. The flip side to that, mate, for honest, is unless something drastic has happened, it's hard to see it now, isn't it, really? Let's be honest. Well, that's the thing. I think it would probably take both of them injuries being somewhat serious. And before Ox's inju- injuries, there was rumours he was getting sold anyway. I mean, West Ham, yeah. I think a few West Ham ITKs were saying, I think a 10 mil bid was going in, but then it was seemingly at least two months till he's back. So 
that'd be a silly signing for West Ham in that case. But yeah, um, and Jones, if it's not too serious, but as I said, it's probably your your sixth and seventh midfielders, if if that. Um, uh, can I? Uh, yeah, we don't have we don't have last season's centre back depth. Well, we do at the men because Nat Phillips is still here, but I think yeah. something came out that his price may be coming down. Um, so he ob- we obviously want him sold just for cash in whilst we can, but we still have two world class centre backs and and Gomez. If we ever let him play with Van Dijk again, he might get back to the level he yeah. was, um, and not with Adrian. Um, but we have obviously had the Bobby to Juve chatter um, in recent weeks. I reckon if this was the start of the summer, it's a conversation to be had, but. Basically, a week and a half before the season started, it was just a non-starter, I reckon. Yeah, he says absolute zero chance, exactly that, of this happening. I mean, Bobby's come out clearly and said he's happy, he loves the club, he loves the city, he loves everything about it. So, it's it's not going to happen now, it's simple. And you know what Klopp thinks of him. There's absolutely zero chance in the current situation that he's going to entertain any bid right now for Bobby Firmino. So, that is done, simple as that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and obviously the contract situation. But we'll probably, well, we either learn later on that he's not getting a new contract, or he may sort something in the time being. But speaking mm. of contract renewals, we obviously got the Jota renewal earlier in the week. Um, I actually can't remember the details. Is it twenty twenty seven or twenty eight? I can't remember what it was. Yeah, that's what uh, they were suggesting, wasn't it? Yeah, twenty twenty seven. Obviously. Not been here ages, but in the the impact he's made in two years now. Oh God, I can't. <laughs> Covid times. I don't know what years are anymore. But he's made such an impact in this time. He obviously half of last season, um, second half of last season, he kind of forgot how to do stuff. But I don't think anyone doubts his importance in the squad, and maybe not as an immediate starter, but as a player who can play. I'd probably say two of the roles. Some people say three of the roles in in the forward. Positions, but he's just an excellent squad option, and he's well. His goal record speaks for itself. Yeah, I think Klopp, Klopp said that cover the forward positions. I know what you mean. It's uh, he's only really going to be going on the right. He might be the first choice if Salah isn't there, which is obviously not what we want at any moment. So yeah, it, it's it's great renewal. It's good business. He's happy. We're happy. It's just tying down those attacking options. But obviously, the Bobby we've spoken about. So. Good little boost just before the season starts. Happy days all round. I I didn't even I don't even know what Jota was on on his first contract. Do, do we know what he's on now? I, I haven't seen anything myself. No, it's, it's, again, it's just sort of speculation time. But the speculation was that when he came, that the the figure wasn't that high for as a weekly wage, so to speak. Mm. So it's it's a nice boost, like you said, probably the. And again, we'll be guessing at figures here, but a nice boost, which is recognition for what he's done in those few years. Yeah, so if we go off the man here, Salamol, probably 150 yeah. before the the big one to about 200 if he gets another one. Well believable. Say. Yeah. Yeah, the interim step, well believable. Yeah, I'd probably say something like that. Well, that's it for the Liverpool news, because this yeah. is the transfer show. Um, but we will move on to the Premier League, where this week has just decided... Let's go off pure FIFA. <laughs> it's gone mental. But we'll yeah. start with West Ham. And I know you and Trev um, spoke a couple podcasts ago, maybe the last podcast, about them maybe needing to do quite a bit of business because some deals have fallen through. Since then, the Skamaka deal got, uh, deal got done. Yeah. Um, we did have to change this in the in the um, synopsis thingy or the running order. 
Onana fee agreed. Now, we have to discuss this because West Ham and Everton have now agreed a fee. And, and yeah. all the reports coming out of France is that he prefers Everton. Now... How big bag? How big is the bag of money that Everton have bribed him with here? Just, the, the, yeah, like literally, because as we said last week, they in Moyes said it, they need four or five. So we said if they're going to sort of even solidify that top end, never mind challenge, they'll need you know start moving. And they have Scamacca, you know Scamacca, Scamacca, it's pronounced. Good move, striker. Interesting to see how an Italian does in the Premier League, but it, it's a good name. It's a good pedigree there. Oh, Nana guy, I just... The only reason you pick Everton over West Ham is the pound signs. That yeah. is simply it. And quite, I mean, just being honest, quite often, usually when there's those type of options, players coming from abroad usually prefer the London option to start Absolutely, with. Yeah. I mean, and you look at where the clubs are. It's got to be cash. That's the only reason. There's, there is zero footballing reasons you would pick Everton over West Ham right now. It's the bag. Secure the bag. That's all he's doing, yeah. surely. The only thing I can think of is it'd be a guaranteed start at Everton because they're dreadful. But I know he's really highly thought of and I know Dave Hendrick loves him and he, he wanted us to sign him um, when I... the Many deal fell through. But if you wait a year at West Ham, Declan Rice is going to go to Man United or Chelsea. <laughs> he yeah. just is at one point. So if you have a year learning your craft, you will be a starter at West Ham, probably playing in Europe next year, whereas Everton, you have a PE teacher as your manager, you have a really toxic club that's in the middle of all sorts of fan ownership debate and yeah. strikes and stuff like that and, and protests, that's the word I was looking for. And, and realistically, I mean, you're going to play with... Ducour is your best midfield partner? That, uh, honest, yeah. Honestly, if you think about it as well, just as like... To West Ham play that four-two-three-one, Rice and Onana—that's a brilliant pivot to base on, isn't it? And West Ham have got mm. attacking midfielders galore, but that—that's honestly what I thought. Like you start to put a West Ham team together with like Onana and Rice, the sort of the holding two, that looks quite tasty, doesn't it, for any team? So it, it we can debate on that. It's money. It's money. It's not football. It it's it money. Is. If he, if he picks that, it is. And plus, West Ham are in Europe, so him and Suchak. Are- yeah. Rice will probably play every game because he's Declan Rice, but you, you'll you'd still play a lot of football. Um, so it's just an odd one. But they they are linked with a few others. I mean, the Costage yeah. deal has kind of gone quiet, and I think Juventus may have been relinked with him. But they have seemed to have pivoted towards uh, Maxwell Cornet from Burnley. I believe he has a seventeen and a half mil release clause, which. For me, I think that's quite a good deal. Maybe the payment structure's a bit off-putting because you'd have to pay it in a lump lump sum, but I'm sure Burnley would be all right maybe uh, allowing a more uh, structured deal because they need the money, let's be honest. But I like Cornet, and if they get Kostic for, for the rumoured price of about 12 mil, I think it is that. Yeah. Especially with Skamaka, who's meant to be a beast in the air, and his left foot, I, I think it'd be a really good combo. But yeah, it's it's been a strange summer for West Ham so far because they seem to be <laughs> IDing the right sorts of talents, but maybe they're just not willing to destroy their wage structure a la Everton or, well, many other clubs we'll probably talk about in a sec. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird one for West Ham. It's like you said, out of those two players, Kostic is the one that you'd be like, right, he would go in the first eleven. Realistically, you know, make an instant mm-hmm. improvement, like the pedigree and how well he did last season. Cornet, 
to be honest, it kind of strikes me as it's a good option, but it's a good squad option. It's beefing mm. out their squad, which you need to challenge. You know, if you look at who they play in those sort of wide midfield attacking positions, like is he better than Ben Rama, Bowen? I know Fournals tends to be more an attacking, but drifts into there as well. Mm-hmm. Not really sure of it. So it is at that price. It's a good squad option, especially like you said, where they got Europe to contend with again as well. So if they get both of those, it is a real good beef out. I'll be honest of that squad. And you do start to look and think, actually, maybe they could start pushing that top six again in some format. If if it's just Corne and not Costage, though, and they don't get Onana, picture's very different, isn't it? It's a big few weeks for West Ham. Well, that's the thing. I think in terms of having a settled squad and things like that, I think they could get top six anyway. But I think they would have last season if the Europa League wasn't so draining for them. But it was the squad that let them down last year in terms of fighting on two fronts. And what have they got so far? Ogard, Aurelio, Ariola, Jesus Christ. Um, And the young lad from Swansea who believes a midfielder, Flynn Downs. Um, So it's not... They've not added loads of numbers. Nah. Um So, yeah, you'd expect them... You'd hope they'd get Onana, but if he's favouring Everton, yeah, so be it. But Moyes clearly knows they need to thicken out the squad, as you say. So, even if they lose out on the, a, a couple of these, I think they'll still be active in the market. It might just not be the deals they initially wanted. Yeah, it, it's teetering on the edge a little bit for West Ham. These are, like, Onana and Kostic are big deals to get done realistically. Because if you look at where their ambitions are, I mean, whatever you say about Chelsea, and we're going to have to talk about Chelsea, they've improved, yes. Arsenal have improved, Tottenham have improved, you know, so all, all the teams they want to get in amongst have improved. If you want to just stay in that mix, you need to really get Onana and Kostic in. So it's a big few weeks for West Ham, it really is. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Probably one of the teams to look at. Uh, with the remaining window, but so is Chelsea is the next team we want to talk about who have gone mental. Um, their feud with Barcelona continues. <laughs> um, yeah, they lost out on uh, Kunde and, and, and Mukiele. I didn't realise he was linked to them, but yeah. Um, had a topsy-turvy pre-season for, for numerous reasons, yeah. and Tuchel doesn't seem to be too happy with, with players seemingly wanting to leave, but they have... <laughs> well, not Touchwood because I don't really care about Chelsea. But Touchwood, they may have finally signed a defender. It is a left back, but he did play a left centre back quite a bit for Brighton. Yeah, and that's Kukurea for for fifty. I think it's above fifty mil now. Gunter yeah. and Brighton came out and denied the deal. But yeah, getting plus fifty fifty odd mil um, for a player. I think Brighton spent seventeen mil on last season. Might be less than that. It's great. It's great business for Brighton, and I do like the player. But out of all the centre backs Chelsea have been linked with, it just seems very scattergunny. It's it's just another day, another Chelsea drama in it. Like if you like transfers, Chelsea are your sexy time, basically, aren't they? Exactly as you said that Kunde, Barcelona, Mukiele, PSG, so they get rejected. A few disasters. And for want of a better phrase, Guy, a bit of a Tuchel tantrum in the press, wasn't it? Yeah, like, this is an urgent, urgent appeal for players were well short. Like, dear God, how much have we spent already? But I get, in essence, with the outgoings, especially defensive, it looks like, you know, other players like Aspilicueta, Alonso want to leave anyway. So 
you kind of start to get and then you think, okay, yeah, you've got a lack of goals at the same time. And now we just seem on a defensive merry-go-round. Like you said, the Kimpembe stalling. Fafana comes out of nowhere a little bit, doesn't he? They're mm. asking for 80 million, even Dumfries linked as well because Inter need to sell. So it just literally ramps up again. So we're looking at that. And then the next day, everyone's expecting like, we'll come to City and will they get it done? But swamp in for Kukureya. And like you said, the talk of the fee being about 52 and a half million. And the indications we've had is wages around just shy of the 200 million mark, a total gazumpy of City. Like, just crazy. Jesus. Exactly. He's not more than Trent. (laughs) Do you know, like, so it's just like a literal, like, football manager style. And then even, like, the things that are going on, I mean, it's clear that the Werner-Tuchel relationship has broken down completely, hasn't he? So, Red Bull are saying, we're trying to get him back. It sounds like, you know, as long as they offer a chomp and a wham-bar and instalments, that seems set to get done and they'll swallow some of the wages, Chelsea. And like even even going further, it's coming out that they're still we've we said this, but not trying to be all ITK, but we said this in our original things. We knew they were interested in De Jong. That's being linked as a new thing, but it's been mm-hmm. there for ages. <laughs> even like God, you have to take a breath to describe all this with Chelsea, but Kyle Walker Peters as well being linked Madness. and inquired about. So that I mean that's defensive inquiries. We're not even saying signings, guy, inquiries. So Chelsea could well have like a completely different back five to what we think from when the season starts. Owen, by the way, we've left out the business they've actually done, and I'll probably get my pronunciation wrong. wrong. Chuck Wemmicka, I think it is, from Villa. That came out of nowhere, didn't it? The 20 million for the under-19 superstar. So that then gets you thinking like, okay, Jorginho, Kante, Gallagher, Mount, Kovacevic. Okay, this is going to be interesting. And then a keeper... Selena from Chicago, who is staying there for a season anyway, isn't he? So he's not even coming. So I think it's till we, January because the MLS finishes before us. Yeah, which again goes back to that. Kepa's clearly not wanted, but Kepa's not going anywhere unless someone gives him the fat wage that he's on at Chelsea. It, well, he was linked with Napoli, wasn't he? So maybe, maybe they have sorted something where they yeah. maybe take a... I, I imagine he's on probably over 200 grand, so they're probably covering half of it at the very least. Yeah, so it, it's it's not going to be quiet at Chelsea till the end of the transfer window. And I promise you there's going to be more names that we've not heard of because all it takes is Todd Bowley to reboot that Windows 10 laptop, get his football manager <laughs> working again, and there's a new player online. That's that's literally what is going on. It's, it's crazy scattergun, but it's not dull from a transfer perspective, eh? It really isn't, and I think there was even reports coming out that their first Fafana bid for about, I think it was 70 million euros or 60-odd million quid um, got rejected last night, I believe. I like Fafana, but signing someone off the back of a huge injury is for that amount of money is just stupid. Yeah, um, it's a risk, isn't it? Yeah, it just seems really odd. And to pivot from Kunde, who was going to cost about 50-odd mil, to Fafana, who's going to cost probably about 80-odd mil, it yeah. just makes no sense whatsoever. But happy days for us Liverpool fans because I have Chelsea. I think Chelsea will be moving into the Arsenal conversation rather than the City and Liverpool conversation. Um, yeah, but it's an odd one from them. Were you going to say something there? No, it's just that literally, I suppose the 
The one thing Chelsea have got, which keeps it interesting, they are a seller's dream, aren't they? Because mm. everyone knows they've got cash. Everyone knows it's a scattergun approach and it's desperate. So agents can almost tout their wares to them at this stage. And I'm not being fun, like, because even I saw Sar, Malang Sar, they're looking to loan him as well, which is, you know, crazy. You're short of defenders and you're shipping one out. I know he's not the best, but you might want to wait till you get one in, so to speak. Yeah, so, so. If, could you imagine, though, if Chelsea get a defensive knock in that first, it's Everton first game they've got, agents will be thinking, like, this is our chance. We can fleece these galore. So, well, we talked about Nat Phillips. We talked maybe, about Nat Phillips. Maybe. <laughs> you know what I mean? 50 mil. 50 mil type of thing. Uh, but, yes, Chelsea are a seller's dream. But, listen, they keep us talking, so... Play. Absolutely, got to got to thicken out the show. Um, but almost the opposite of Chelsea is, is Leicester, and they've done nothing yeah. this this summer until now, where it looks like they're going to sell half their team, or they have put a price on half their team, but nobody yeah. nobody yet has activated anything other than Casper Michael, who he's obviously been. I think he was there for eleven years. I think I read. Yeah, long time. Um, a lot of leadership. Challenges and I, I can't remember what podcast it was. I think it might have been with um, with Tadi or over on the EPL side. But we we've seen as Liverpool fans first experience that Rogers doesn't like leadership in the in the changing room. He 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 has he doesn't like people challenging. And the lads that are linked away with moves. I mean, Smichael's gone. Vardy, I doubt he'll leave. But there was links with Vardy to a couple teams. I think. Mm-hmm. Not sure if Madison's a leader, and I'm not sure if Harvey Barnes are a leader, but they're probably big, biggest players of the club, um, and that's why they're linked to Newcastle. But the Leicester situation, I'm pretty sure they must be struggling with FFP because it doesn't really make sense otherwise. But to have Schmeichel going away, who's probably on one of the highest earners there, Madison and Barnes yeah. linked to Newcastle, which would probably be, I sixty mil for uh, for Madison seems to be the fee. If if yeah. so, I'm not sure what the Barnes one is. For Farno, we mentioned eighty million quid. That if they if they sell all three or even two of them or even one of them, they're gonna have to re replace both of them because Madison was their player of the season by a million miles last year, and we saw what Leicester's defense looked like without Fafana. This you get the feeling there's almost something going on at Leicester that we really don't know about because it's linked with exits galore. But no, what there's no suggestions of any replacements even being lined up. I mean, it's like you said, Michael's gone, so everyone thought they're getting a new keeper. No, all the suggestions are it's Danny Ward and a, the third choice, a fellow I've never even heard of, and now going to complete for the the mm. shirt. I mean, that that's that's like you said, that's the leader, that's the captain, their spokesperson really in the dressing rooms. So that's a big personality gone. Madison and Barnes, like you say, that. The thing that's really interesting is Newcastle are sticking in. It keeps going, you know, the offer increases. They're not doing that unless they're getting encouragement from the the player's agent there, realistically. And I'm pretty sure they'll be offering, you know, double, treble Madison's wages there. So he'll be off for the Gucci bags, you fancy, eventually type of thing. Harvey Barnes as well. Like, a guy with a few injuries. We looked at him at at one point as well. So, again, these are, like you say, they're maybe not, Maybe classes as leaders, but they're big players, big personalities in that that Leicester changing room. Like you said, for Fafana, I mean, I'm being honest now, out of all the deals that we're sort of considering, if they can get 80 million for Fafana, drive him to Chelsea right now, like you said, after his injuries, you know, do that move. It's smart money. The, the only it's, thing with that, Dave, is 
then you've got then you've got Brendan Rodgers yeah, with 80 mil to spend on a centre back. That is the absolute danger, isn't it? It's, it was weird because if I know it sounds bad, if it wasn't Brendan Rodgers, I'd be like, Leicester are really good. Do you remember like they yeah. sold Maguire for 80 million and they got Fafana, like they've got the yeah, the Turkish lad whose name escapes me all of a sudden with the ponytail. Good, that's it. You know, they're quite good at getting centre backs in normally. I'm saying that normally, but the money in the hands of Brendan Rodgers terrifies you in that sense. I mean, even the whole Tillman's thing, Tillman's clearly doesn't want to be there. It's yeah. so obvious. He just can't get an offer. And I think the big teams have looked and picked other options, which I totally understand. It kind of has the feeling that he will leave on a free. So they've got a player who's not really that bothered, it seems, about being there. Leicester are a really odd team at the moment, unless something's going to happen fast that we don't know about. They dropped a bit down last season after the winning the FA Cup the previous year. I wouldn't be surprised, Guy, if it's a bit of a dressing room in turmoil a little bit. And you could even, unless something changes, see them dropping out the top half, couldn't you? Let's be honest. Well, they were look. I think they finished 10th last year. And that was basically because yeah. I think Wolves basically forgot how to play football for half a season. Um, so, yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they dropped. Even maybe not, I don't think they'll get relegated just because of the talent there. But we've seen that club get toxic before. Um, Claudio Ranieri, um, Claude Puel, it does get yep. toxic there at times. So it's it, it would be a concern. And I think the fan base did turn on Rodgers a bit last year. So it'll be interesting to see if he can <clears throat> maybe weather the storm at the start of the season. But if he doesn't, we, we've seen them owners sack people who are much more bigger Leicester icons than. Um, than Rogers, so oh, it'd be God, interesting yeah. to see. God, yeah, I think you've got to think like exactly that. It's that it tends to be either a happy place where everyone seems to be on the same page, and you know you're getting the normal Rogers sound bites. But it's a club that's proved the players will mutiny. There's no two ways about it. If it's not working for them, they will quite happily throw the manager under the bus. It's it's one of those at the moment. Unless something changes. Brendan Rodgers leaving Leicester before the end of the coming season would not surprise you at all. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't surprise if he's maybe behind Marco Silva and Lampard, but in the sacking odds after them two go, it wouldn't surprise me if he's up there. Yeah. Um, so it'd be interesting. Um, now on the other side of that coin, Newcastle probably not had the yeah. summer most people expected. Obviously, Botman... Was a long term, well, long term, yeah. <laughs> six month target, <laughs> which is long term in football. Um, and then they've just kind of not done too much else, really, or too much of note. I mean, making that target permanent. Um, I'm probably forgetting some of Nick Pope. I think that's a clever signing, and then a, and then a couple others. Um, but it seems now maybe that they've tried to be patient and try to not get fleeced. They obviously have the Ekatike thing that rumbled on for basically. Yeah. But they may may be one of these teams that explode in the last few weeks of the window. Yeah, it's uh, me and Trev said they had a sort of a, a bit of a dull but sensible approach. They seem to be picking yeah. like sensible targets. It now just feels like as as it's starting to leak out that Eddie Howe of all people's like, listen, we've got money and we should be trying to attract this better caliber of players. That the, the bigger moves are starting. Obviously, they asked about Isaac. From Sociedad, no real interest there. But Leicester seem to be their flavour. They've sniffed onto the blood in the water there at the King Power. So we know about Madison being rejected. We know about Harvey Barnes' inquiries, which so definitely ones to watch. Amazingly, though, it's the uh, 
even players that they've inquired about, like Timo Werner, Lucas, I think it's Paqueta it's pronounced, isn't it? Yeah. And Leon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, they did confirm there was no interest in Draxler, despite all the rumours coming out. So it's a difficult one for Newcastle because, again, they're an agent's dream, aren't they, Guy? They've got money. They clearly want attacking reinforcements. And again, agents are just waiting for that blood in the water. Can you imagine if Newcastle say, draw a blank, don't score on the opening day of the season? That just stirs it a little bit more, doesn't it? It just adds a couple of million maybe to people's price tags for attacking players. So agents will be sort of touting their wares. So I would be astonished, though, whilst they've got the money, and it's dangerous to talk about FFP with Newcastle, but based on their figures, you know, the money is there to spend, etc. I would be astonished if they don't make a big move. The smart money's on Madison, but maybe one or two big moves for the close. Well, that's the thing. They clearly targeted uh, Ekatike as probably more of a project, but they're still over-reliant on Callum Wilson for goals. I mean, Chris Wood's yep. Chris Wood, but maybe he can improve on his last year. But the last couple of years, Chris Wood's not been the same player I remember from peak Burnley, where he's just a pain in the pain in the ass. Um, but yeah, if maybe a younger striker um, and then more of an established ten slash. Madison kind of played right wing at times, but yeah, I think the attacking options are there. I, I probably I think they need a defensive midfielder as well, but maybe you don't need to splash out on that on that position just yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it it probably speaks volumes that the target in a team like Leicester that nothing publicly there, but they must have financial restrictions if they've not signed a soul. Um, maybe they've got to target teams like then obviously uh, Lee Gunn where they've got Sven Botman from we know the, the troubles Lille were having in particular so maybe they've just got to try and target teams that or leagues that don't have the biggest financial um, clout so yeah, yeah. it it'll be interesting a, to see a little bit a little bit of a changing of the order so to speak not right at the top but if like you said Newcastle now going after Leicester players it shows where we are in transfer terms, isn't it? Leicester, um, yeah. Leicester, as you said, about ninth, tenth in the table. Newcastle are looking at those type of teams and saying, where can we strip their best players? I mean, like you said, when they, uh, Chris Wood was to strip Burnley, a relegation rival, wasn't <laughs> it, back in the day, you know, going back to last season. Now they are looking and thinking, OK, we've got a good spine. We've got, you know, Burn and Botman at the back. Look quite tasty. I can't remember the Brazilian lad they bought in from Leon's name. He bought in, uh, you know, it was like us. a mid. That's it, midfielder. So, you know, that's there. Sam Maximum, you think, good player. They're now looking, as you said, like Madison, maybe right, attacking 10. And then you think striker, maybe another holding midfielder. But you can see the logic. It's the defence mm-hmm. looked more solid under Eddie Howe. It's goals where you just start to think. Is Callum Wilson really going to get you to where you want to go? So, yeah, I, I genuinely wouldn't be surprised to see, like, Madison and one other. That would be the smart money. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now, moving to Everton, it's it's been a strange window because we know the financial problems there. I think we alluded to them a bit earlier on with the Onana stuff. Um, they, they confirmed a deal for Vinagra, who was at Wolves. Looked impressive at times, but I don't yeah. think Wolves ever... They seem to pick... Um, Ryan Outnuri over him. Um, they've got him maybe as a wing-back because Mikalenko can play left centre-back, so we'll see with, with time how, they, how they're how they set up. But, yeah, it seems like clever business. Getting McNeil from Burnley, I like McNeil, although he had a stinker of a season last year, but 
If you're playing free at the back with a wing back, then McNeil doesn't really have a position, so it's an odd move there. But before we before we set up this pod, we didn't have the Onana stuff, but they they've gone from being the Adrisagana gay stuff's kind of gone quiet. They may still get in, mm. but if they if they're going rather than getting well, a PSG reject who already, who already left Everton and going to seemingly one of the hottest uh, midfield prospects in the world. It, it's quite a it's quite a difference there, but um, maybe they're just finally spending the Richarlison money, which apparently wasn't there when they were linked with Cornet, etc. It's do you know what? I'd probably agree with you to say it's strange moves, but it's a strange club in it, really. Anyway, Everton. So yeah, and, and they love the fullbacks. They always bring in a fullback every season, don't they? It seems Everton. They are obsessed with rotating the fullback. Little Man City. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's it's strange type of things, like. Literally, McNeil, I mean, it probably says how far his career's fallen. If he'd gone back maybe three years ago, etc., you'd probably be in link with places like us. And City, wasn't he? A real prospect. But look where he's ended up after relegation. Mm. Even dropping out the Burnley team for large periods, let's be honest. So it will be interesting to see what he does. But when you looked at his stats, you did think, yeah, that's an Everton-type winger. And again, he doesn't really fit into the system. So that's, yeah, that's an Everton-type signing. But it's, it's the Burnley obsession, isn't it? Tarkovsky, McNeil, even Corne. Yeah. You know, they've been linked with it. Maybe it's a sign of the times. Again, the changing of the guard a little bit. Everton are going after Burnley players, you know, stripping the team that's been relegated, that bargain. But the one that, like, it's just so far out of left field, Onana. I guarantee if he goes to Everton, give it a week, he'll be like, what have I done? Literally, mm. I've just gone for the money. Like, I'm out of place. I don't... I mean, he would be an amazing buy for them, but it just goes against everything else they're doing. It's like, it would make me sad, but you'd just be thinking, like, if players are going to start picking Everton over West Ham. But, yeah, Everton fans won't care. If they could get a player of an honest calibre, great news for them, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely, and then as you say, he'll he'll realise soon enough what he's done. <laughs> Whilst Frank Lampard's saying, just just pass, just push, just pass it forward as hard as you can. Yeah, exactly. Hoof it. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's an odd one at Everton, but the Anana deal. I like what they've done so far, but I, bad manager. Bad squad beforehand, but is Takaski enough in defence? Eh, maybe, but yeah, uh, midfield was awful. I think him and I'm not. I've never seen Onana play, but by all accounts, him and Dakuri would probably be good midfield. And then it's just you're gambling on stuff. Well, Calvert Lewin's already got injured, so they need a striker. They already needed one. They've not replaced Richarlison like for like. So still more to do at Everton, I reckon. Yeah, do you know, thing is though, let's be honest, guy. More to do defines where they finish between like 12th and 17th, doesn't it? Realistically, you know, they're, they're miles short of other clubs despite their history and name. Do you know what? It's, it's not, it's kind of funny, but it's not a bad time. It's not a good time, is it, to be a, an Everton fan? Let's be honest. No, I certainly think, regardless of the Onana deal, the longer Lampard's there, I think they'll be flirting with relegation still. Um, we mentioned the Kukurea deal, but we haven't really mentioned the knock-on effects of what that means for other clubs. Because yeah, I think you said City. Well, you all know City were interested, but didn't want to go above forty mil. Fair enough, Brighton there. Um, Chelsea obviously paying the fifty plus fifty mil. 
<laughs> Barca interest not seen as real thing. <laughs> just, just I yeah. think it, I think it, was, it may have been a um, a fake Gerard Romero account or something that said it, but it would have been hilarious. But the knock on effect in City, I think it was Build Plus or or Build um, said they apparently bid eighty million euros for Gavardi. I think that's how you pronounce yeah. his name. Now he's seen as the next one of the next big centre back prospects or defender prospects, but. I saw Kukurea as simply just a fullback at, at Man City, whereas at Chelsea, I think he'll he'll flip flop between left centre back and and wing yeah. back for them. Whereas City then moving on to Gavardio, maybe the Aki deal gets reignited or something like that. But maybe they just want what they did with Haaland and want the next big thing in in a position. I'm sure. I think he can. I think he played left back for Croatia at times, so maybe centre back and left back cover there, and then. A long-term partner for Diaz with Laporte's injury history, but it's a, it's a weird um, transition from City if that was actually true. Yeah, it, it is odd because, like you say, Kukurea is probably in in a way a left back or left wing back if we're being pedantic. You know who can play centre back. If you're switching to Gavardiol, you're talking more a centre back who can play left back. They can mm. play both positions. Don't get me wrong, but you know different. There's different styles, isn't there, so to speak? Especially when you look at the players, I also wonder, would Gavardiol suit Chelsea more with their defensive style and numbers, whereas Kukurea did, to me, suit City because he likes to push on, doesn't he, type of thing. Yeah. And they love to push their fullbacks right on. So to swap them around does seem a, a bit strange. I mean, this is the tough one, isn't it? Because Kukurea is a good player. I don't think for one minute he's worth the wages and the fee they're talking about. But he's a good player, you know, he's had a good season. Gavardiol, again, re- pushed as a, a talent, isn't he? A lot of people like this lad. And I'm not going to get into the whole Bundesliga tax debate. I'd like to see how he does <laughs> in the Premier League type of thing, because that is a different discussion for another day. So it would genuinely, I, there's a part of me really wants to see him come to the Premier League to see how he does get on and how that that talent does develop. The, the knock-on effects are immense. The one thing I'm still coming to, Guy, is both clubs still need Fullbacks, you know, players that can play in fullbacks. I get that. Wingbacks, whatever you want to describe it as. The fees they're talking, though, it kind of brings a little smile to me because if these are the fees, what does it make Simicast worth? Never mind Robbo. Do you know what I mean? If you're talking well, these numbers for I'm guys sure, who can I'm play sure left back. I'm sure you saw the Barcelona link to Trent this morning or last night where it's 67 mil for next yeah. year. For which I, I think you'd. I think you'd have to have a free in front of that number just to get a phone call from us, I think. Exactly. So it, so it is it is a fascinating one. The price of fullbacks, and, the, and it's two clubs in it. There's no one spends money on fullbacks like Chelsea and Man City. They are, if you've got a fullback and you're an agent, they're your dream, aren't they, really? Because they will overpay. But Absolutely. yeah, I, I kind of hope both those moves happen because I would be intrigued to see how they do. They're both. Both think they're both good players. Struggling to see the fee justification. I mean, like I say, the the fee they're talking for Gavardiol, like around 70, 80 million. But we'll see. We'll see yeah. what happens anyway. The thing, with, the thing with Gavardiol as well, I think by all accounts, Spurs saw him as maybe the second choice behind Bastoni. Yeah. I, if, he, if he was available for a fee that was possible by normal football clubs, I think Spurs would have pushed yeah. harder for him rather than... Um, uh, getting Langley on a, on, a, on a loan, so it, it's going to have to be a huge overpay on what on what um, Leipzig value him as I, I presume. But as we said, the, the talent's clearly there in both players. But 
if 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 it's not Gavardiol, it's going to be interesting to see what City do because they're linked with that young Spanish left back. But I think yeah. in, in the quote, it's a, it's a development left back, so he might go on loan or or play in the. I think it's back to the under twenty ones now. Um, but I think Man City, the, the Bernardo Silva rumours don't go away, so City might get dragged into this mad last few weeks of the transfer window. Um, which, but it'll be interesting to see. We would love, let's be honest, because the one thing you're noticing about all these clubs is you, we're loving, as Liverpool fans, the instability. So we'd be quite happy, if we're honest, if, I mean, for whatever we think of Bernardo Silva, he's a top player. So if he went, that would be good. You know, it's a big change in their midfield. I know that this opens up the aspects of who they bring in, don't get me wrong, but it's still a late change then, isn't it, around stability mm. for City? So if that destabilises in any way, and it's also just interesting, there's that little chink that City have lost a first-choice target to Chelsea. It just, it doesn't like change everything, but it just opens a few questions. So listen, any instability around Man City, bring it on all day. That's the thing. I think I've said previously, it might have been on Twitter or on a podcast, I think, Bernardo Silva leaving is a bit is a bigger impact in the title race than any bar signing Mbappe or something like that. Any signing Liverpool could do so, I, 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 that'd be brilliant for us. Um, but we'll move on to to Europe. Uh, and Bayern Munich have gone full football manager and spent what is it, is it twenty is it twenty five mil or twenty five million euro on a seventeen year old no one's ever heard of. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. It's. It's almost like if you if you've heard of him, you'll probably have to be an ultimate, you know, European football connoisseur. Don't get me wrong, but the, the pedigree is supposed to be there, isn't it? For tell, like French forward, the, the fee is so odd because the suggestion is it's twenty million euros initially, with up to eight million euros in a bonus. But as part of that, the player and his agent have agreed to forego certain bonuses to get him to Bayern. Now, no one really knows if that's kind of Bayern just, you know, press release spin, if you know what I mean. It sounds a bit mm-hmm. strange. But, but yeah, I mean, they, they've been quite clear. They really see this guy as an option. It's not a, it, yes, it, it will have a long-term element, but it's not just a project. They're seeing as they we will get minutes, which is interesting because when you think of Bayern's attacking options across the board, whether that's true, mm, not quite sure, but, but let's see anyway. But, yeah, it, it will be a player that I think clubs will be, intrigued to see how he gets on fans will be intrigued to see how he gets on it's not the big name on the market so big chance for him no way well that's the thing I think we're seeing uh, I think we're going to talk about in a sec but the Sesco deal who looked good against us in in the uh, friendly the other day and by all accounts is the next big striking prospect that the fees linked to him uh, are massive and He's not even. I don't think he even established his goal scoring record in the Austrian league. So maybe Bayern just thinking if he has one more good season, the price goes from twenty mil to fifty mil. So maybe get ahead of the curve and bar maybe the French league itself. If you're if you're a youngster and you get put up front for Bayern Munich, you you should you should just be able to feast on that league. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not like he's going to be short of chances, is he? Realistically, mm. in that league, so he he'll get a chance to shine. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the Conrad Limer deal has been going on for feeling about seven years now. Um, yeah. It, midfield's not... I'm, I suppose he's just a really good squad option because he can cover midfield, multiple roles in the midfield and right back. Um, they're still linked with... A couple players still linked away with them. I think um, Pavard, maybe a tad unhappy, or 
potentially seen as one who can get replaced with the Delict move and uh, Mazari coming in. I pronounced that name wrong, but I'll move past that. But yeah, Conrad Lima, a player that is well known to AI people because the transfer committee lads always link him to us. But uh, yeah, Lima, long-term deal. No one's shocked if it, if this gets done. Yeah, it's, it's like you say, though, if it's Bayern, it's Germany. Like, if you want it, just get it done. I don't understand why it is really dragging on so long. It's a bit, bit odd, but we'll see what happens there. Yeah, Pavard will be an interesting one. It's doesn't really seem he's wanted, so we'll see if that develops. But I, I think in the in the nicest way. But you you look at that. I've, sounds horrible to say. I struggle to get that excited over Bayern. They've got that league wrapped up already, haven't they? Before it starts, so mm. unless anything major happens, is it? Sounds terrible, that doesn't it? But it's just hard to get that excited over Bayern, to be honest. Well, that's the thing. I think. Dortmund have been so disappointing. Maybe even two, whilst Tuchel was there, but since Tuchel left, I think it's they've always been second or third at the very least. But they've just not been in the same caliber of team as Bayern Munich since, especially since Klopp left. But and then Tuchel, etc. But yeah, it's, that league's probably it's even more dead than League One. <laughs> league One, that's the thing. Um, so yeah, it's a it's an odd one with them. Um, I have closed the synopsis because I am stupid. Who are we going to talk about next? Just really, we we can't go a week without mentioning Chelsea. We can't go a week without mentioning Barcelona, haven't we? So oh yes, yes. The I leave, reopened the it. Leave, <laughs> oh, honestly, it's like I wish my bank account had the levers that Barcelona does to find this cash. I really do. Literally, Kunde is now done, which was you know kind of expected, but it's just funny to see Chelsea suffer again, isn't it? And now, again, another leaders, leavers pulled, sorry, in regards to the social media and social content. So that's another 100 million coming. So there's talk now, isn't there, about Bernardo Silva? That it's just not going away, that talk, is it? It tends to be rumours, but it's just not going away. And a few others. And the, the most interesting thing is Laporta coming out and say, Javi's made it clear he still wants a good few more faces. I was like... You, Whatever you say about Barca's financial situation, there's a, that's a whole other show, don't get me wrong. You can't say they're not backing Xavi, can you? <laughs> whether it's thing. right or wrong, you know, whether it's right or wrong, you cannot argue they're not backing that manager. There is players galore entering that changing room. So, long story short, there'll be more levers pulled, there'll be more players coming into Barcelona. Bank on that. That's the thing. I'm thinking. I saw Laporta say last night or yesterday, might have even been this morning. Um, they expect a, f- a few people to leave this uh, this week or the next couple of weeks as well. So maybe Frankie Dion finally goes somewhere. <laughs> Probably not. So still owe him twenty million euros by all accounts. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Barcelona's just, you're just fun but mental. But just baffling at the same time. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a whole other show, that one. It is. To be honest. It's a whole different sport to everyone else. Um, PSG, uh, Nordi Mukieli, uh, cover for Hakimi. You can also play right centre-back if they, yeah. if they pivot to a, a free at the back, which I think Galtier does at times. Um, still linked to Skriniar, who I think we made, maybe the last time I actually hosted, we talked about this deal, and I think he was linked to Chelsea at the time. It, yeah, I think the fee was like forty mil when we were talking. Then maybe Inter just upped the price or didn't want to sell him in the end. But 
I'm surprised he, he, he's still there if he was available from Inter Milan. It's, it's a weird one because everyone knows Inter needed to sell or need to sell. You know, everyone is aware of that. So naturally, the start of the summer was clickbait ease, wasn't it? Like, as you said, Berea, who I haven't mentioned, Dumfries, we haven't mentioned, I think we haven't mentioned. But there's so many targets you could put on the chopping block for sale. And this was an obvious one. And then, obviously, it came out that PSG were moving. So we were thinking, yeah, this will get done. It's not like it's a club short of money, etc. It's bizarre it's still dragging on. It really is bizarre. And I just wonder now, like you said, with Mukiele coming in, again, another player who's almost, who can play full-back and centre-back in some sort of formation. It seems to be a, a trend with these type of players, doesn't there, at the moment? But you just wonder if that is part of them thinking, OK, we'll leave Skridar now. And the other one, that's Kimpembe's gone quiet as well, hasn't it, Guy, realistically? Yeah. So it's just it's just a bit strange at PSG. You never know. And the reason I'm saying you never know is it's not like they need to desperately get these players in because they're still going to win their league by like 30, 40 points. So it doesn't really matter. It's whether they think those players make a big, big difference to their Champions League quest. And... I'm not too sure they do at the moment, so we'll see. Yeah, I think Skriniar could, because if they play free at the back, Kim Pembe is a left, he's bad, but as a left centre-back, he probably suits better. Marquinhos is one of the best centre-backs in the world, he, he probably in the centre role. Then if it's Mukiele, yeah, fine, but if it's, if it's Skriniar, then that defence looks a lot better, in my opinion. So I think that would be the one that makes a difference in... in um, the Champions League, but I think also Renato San- Sanchez, who seems to be on the verge yeah. of signing, or has been on the verge of signing for about a month now. Um, he obviously linked with Lil with uh, to Lil with the um, sporting director that isn't Cam- yeah. uh, Mbappe that I can't remember his name of. Um, yeah, we I think we addressed when they signed Vitinha. The midfield's probably there, except maybe defence and lack of pressing in the Champions League. The midfield was probably one that was left to rot at times. I know they signed Ginny and Adrisagana um, Gay, etc. But addressing that and having Verratti, Renato Sanchez, Vitinha, and then whoever's left out of them lads, it, it, it seems like a more cohesive unit than what we've ever seen before. Yeah, I actually think it's a, a decent move. It kind of reeks of a Bayern move, doesn't it? As in, like, there's a connection there, and it's signing the best midfielders in the league, so to speak. So I get it. It's a it's a low fee, and you, as you mentioned, there's that little connection again, isn't there? There now at PSG Galore. So I understand it. I think it is a really good move, and I know we'll come on to it later. But it's clear that PSG are moving midfielders out at the same time. So yeah, it's. It's not a headline-grabbing move, but a decent move. Understand it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we will see PSG in the Champions League, because who, who watches League on? <laughs> and if you do, you're probably not asked about PSG. Um, exactly. But moving on, then, we have uh, Charles de Kettler. I, that's what I'm going to go with. Um, he's, he turned down Leeds to go to AC Milan. Shock, horror. And you kind of shows <laughs> the... Uh, the disparity of funds in the world football right there. Uh, but fair enough, he, he is seen as one of the next big... I think he's a, kind of as a second striker more than a, a... I'll say forward. One of the more forward prospects in the world. Um, yeah, seems like a good get for AC Milan, but it also shows Leeds have money burning still because I think they offered about 35, 30-ish million. 
Yeah, I think that I think there's some good things it shows. I mean, it shows that, as you said, Leeds are still active. They're still looking for forwards, which makes sense because relying on Bamford, we know what happened with that last season. I'm, I'm glad he's picked Tacey Milan, though. I mean, like, come on, the pedigree back in the Champions League, all that type of stuff. And as you said, very much a forward. You kind of have the feeling that, dependent on how they go, they've got, like, Liao, haven't they, up there? Zlatan still signed another year, so you could play... <laughs> I think Decatelare was the last pronunciation I've heard of it, so I'll go with that one. We'll split bets there. We'll, we'll you know, call just him Charles. Speak <laughs> Charlie. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. So he, he is a talent. There's a lot of clubs were interested at one point or another. So I, I am intrigued to see how he gets on. But yeah, it, based on the price around the 40 million euro mark, it, it does look a good move for AC Milan. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what Leeds do because. They've had, they've obviously got a lot of money in. Be interesting to see what they do. Um, we've had a few former Reds um getting some moves. Kabak's yeah. gone to Hoffenheim, failing upwards there. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I like Kabak when he was here, but yeah, I think he hopefully finds a good move because the Norwich one was well, it's Norwich. Let's be honest. Yeah, and um, Ginny, we mentioned them PSG midfielders on the out moving to Roma. At, I think he's probably a perfect Jose Mourinho midfield. I think they've signed Matic as well. Very boring midfield, but I think it'll give them a really good platform for the, for the new players like Dybala and if Zaniolo stays and stuff like that. And, and Tammy Abraham, obviously. I think it, them two could provide a really good platform for, for the Roma attack. Yeah, 100 but It's good moves all around. Kabak to Hoffenheim... Sounds terrible, but it sounds about his level, doesn't it? In all honesty, probably be happier at home in the Bundesliga again. So I think that's a good move for him. Genie, that's got a Mourinho move all over it, hasn't it? Players that were top midfielders in the Premier League sort of five years ago. You know, he's taking them to to Roma. So I, I think that'll just be a, a good move all round. And listen, Genie just needs to get out of PSG because he chased the bag yeah, and look absolutely. what happened there realistically. So... Yeah, I think I think that would be a, a good league, a good move for him. So yeah, couple of couple of old reds getting a happy home. Yeah, hopefully both moves work out for both the players. Um now on to a slightly sadder situation with Dortmund and, and they're yeah. seemingly scrambling around for for striker cover because I'm sure everyone knows by now the Sebastian Haller situation with uh, they found a, a tumour. I'm not it wasn't his medical, it was some sort of checkup afterwards, wasn't it? Yeah. Um but they are linked with strikers to replace him. Werner, probably the top end in terms of the, the financial package, the need for that. Yeah. But long-term names in in, in um, that situation, Piatek and Turam. Um, I think they were linked with Anthony Modest as well, I think he was linked yeah. with him. Um, I think I, I saw Turam's the one that probably makes more sense for them. Um, but yeah, it's a sad situation. But they do need striker cover, and if they need hundred million, we can buy Belling off them. <laughs> it, yeah, it's 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 a weird one. It's I mean, it's a, listen, I say weird one. Let's be clear, it's a tragic what's yeah. happened with Haller. It really is, especially I mean, new signing set to leave the line. So you know, fingers crossed, it all works out well for him, and you know his treatment, etc. So then you're looking and thinking, do they want short term? Do they want long term? I mean, there's a real mix in the here, guy. Like you said, Modest is an ultimate sort of older, long term Bundesliga campaigner. You know, it's a real short term move. But then, like, Turam's a younger, so we're more of, you know, someone that can develop. Werner's probably in between, isn't he? Supposed to be his peak years. You, you, you know, we could debate that all day long, what's happened at Chelsea. But 
that's where he is as a, a player. So, I mean, at one point, let's be honest, they made inquiries of Luis Suarez, didn't they? Which also stunk yeah. cover mm. a short-term cover. So it's almost like they still haven't decided what they want to do a little bit since Heller's, you know, in this situation. So it might be dictated by the market and what they can get, so to speak, because it looks a, a spread strategy. So there's a striker going there, one way and another. They're getting another striker in. They've made that clear. But it's difficult to predict exactly who that will be just now. Yeah, obviously finding Werner a home. As we said, if he's still there by the last week of the transfer window, just offer taking a quarter of his wage and Chelsea will buy. Bad. Bad. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But we'll finish up um, with a focus on Man United. And you've picked a beauty here, Dave, let's be fair. Um, Man United, dearie me, what an awful summer for many, many reasons. Um, the only place we've got to start with is, is the Ronaldo situation. Who yeah. Has no suitors whatsoever, seemingly, that are willing to pay for him. Um, Sporting's the latest rumour. I think Napoli won't go away, but I doubt either of them teams will, will spend any money whatsoever on him. And we we saw, I think it was last week, um, Mendes uh, came in to negotiate this. Fergie was part of the meeting as well. He's obviously played half a friendly since then, but then left at half time like a prick. Oh, crazy. <laughs> Just an absolute prick. Um, but yeah, this Ronaldo situation, I think he's just stuck at United because why would they release him from the contract when they spent 30 mil and he's on 500 odd grand a week? It, it makes no sense. Um, you just, I think you just got to bite the bullet for a year, really. But from his point of view, he's, he's just a. He, even if you just speak from a football point of view, I know it's a transfer show, but imagine one of our legends doing this. I know we've had people, Suarez isn't really a legend, he's a great player, but I know we had the Gerrard situation, but imagine if Gerrard came back, if he did leave to Chelsea, then did it again. What would have happened there? It's absolutely insane. I, I, you have to revoke legend status there, because he's just a bellend. Um, but anywho, rant over. The Ronaldo situation, Dave. Yeah. It's, it literally is. It, it's devoured that club all summer and it'll just carry on. It's badly handled on every level. There's clearly a player who wants to go. You know, there's no doubt about that. You can fiddle it under family emergency, but the whole world's aware. His camp, you know, Mendes is clearly leaking it. He wants to go. They were inviting suitors from all sorts to see where they could get, mainly because he's that selfish character to protect his legendary status, you know, Champions League goals, all that type of thing. So how do United react? And it was a big watershed moment because I think it's quite clear Ten Hag doesn't particularly want him there as well. You can see there's a friction oh, absolutely. there. Absolutely. It, it could have been a real good chance to say we're backing this manager, you know, seriously and like get get him out on his elbow type of thing. But like you said, suited is a problem when you've got a player like Ronaldo. When the starting point is half a million a week, it's because, oh, he's reduced his wage demands. Yeah, but Produced his wage demands. How many clubs can afford 350 grand a week? Like, that, that's not, people don't see that as a reduction, especially at his age. So then United, how do they react? God, they, they break Fergie out, they embalming fluid, don't they? I mean, if anything undermines the current structure, the fact that you need to bring Fergie back to be involved in the, you know, the conversations, it just undermines everything completely. Now he comes back eventually, you know, because... I'm sure Mendes said, listen, we've got no option, mate. We've got to do this in the meantime, at least, but there's no guarantees. Like you said, comes and plays a bit, 
doesn't really try hard from the footage and then sods off before full time. And obviously it makes, oh, no, it makes sense. And then it's clear like Tenar, you know, could have hit it, but threw him under the bus hard style. No, nah, he left on his own accord. I don't know why he's done it. It's out of order type of thing. So that's just fueling the, fly, the fire sort of thing. And Ten Hag posturing a bit as well. But the people at the top are just not sorting this out. And I know you said, you know, leave it for a year, bite the bullet. I love that guy because do you know what that's going to do? That is just a wound that is going to fester for a year. As soon as it starts to go wrong, it's an easy thing to lean towards, isn't it? You know, if as soon as he plays badly or doesn't try, or it's an easy one just to bring up. So it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Long may it continue. Yeah, absolutely. If if anything better, they should only accept offers of zero pound from Europa League teams. It'd be amazing, <laughs> wouldn't it? So he only wants to go to Champions League teams. Oh, it'd be amazing. But yeah. Hold on to him, ruin his Champions League record, ruin his, but he'll go to the World Cup regardless, but ruin his form going to the World Cup. Fantastic. Get your own back on the prick. Um, but other, other circus features of Man United, Lissandro Martinez, the deal that took at least two months longer than it should because he was yeah. target from day one and Jesus Christ, took too long. Um, he'll see, well, seemingly, I think Ten Hag said he'll definitely be the left centre-back. But maybe if he struggles, he might get moved into midfield. Hey ho, we, we we've seen yeah. in the past. I think Grealish was had one game in midfield, and Pep was like, no. <laughs> um, but Lissandro will be locked in at left centre back for the time being. You expect, but then that answers the question: uh, Who will play next to him? Maguire, eighty mil captain, Varane, Champions League winner, big signing of last summer. Lindelof was linked with a move away to, uh, earlier today. I'm not sure if that'll be true because Bailly's going to... I think he was linked with Sevilla. Um, but yeah, over overpaid again. They probably could have got a cheaper if... Well, if they actually had any football operations there. It, that club just can't do transfers at all. It, it just can't do, like you said, transfers. And it can't do negotiations. It's as soon as another club is interested in one of their targets. And, and obviously, you look at their history, Maguire, like you said, you knew they were going to overpay. I mean, when we first started talking about this, and we started talking about this when he was linked with Arsenal and United at the start, the fee was mentioned around 35, 36 million. Mm. Now, as per the press reports, and, you know, slight variations as ever, the, the fee's upwards of like 56 million. It's like just, a, it's almost like a Man United tax, isn't it? That clubs can just hammer onto them and. They, they know how to play them. And it dragged out and dragged out, like you said. They had a chance to get it done, but Arsenal messed around and then switched tack. It's, it sounds terrible, but it's just funny. They're easy meat for clubs who want to sell players. They really are. It's an amateur operation at a massive name. It's just funny. Really is. Really is. Uh, other business they did, they got that young left-back Malassia in quite early on, to be fair to him, but... When you're trying to gazump Leon, when you're Man United, it's something yeah, that bad. Um, yeah, Tellez, who two years ago, I believe, the sign might be wrong with that. He he's going to Sevilla um, as well. Yeah, whatever, don't care. Um, Ericsson on a free again that <laughs> free transfer drag ages. How's that possible? Um, good player, no idea where he'll play. Spurs interesting to. Get cooled very quickly, and then it just seemed to be between United and Brentford. Um, yeah, but 
the De Jong situation drags on again. I mean, I think United publicly keep saying we wouldn't, or keep leaking to the press, we wouldn't have gone this far if we didn't realize, think he'd, he'd actually come to United. Yeah. But publicly, De Jong doesn't want to come to United. So I don't, I have no idea. And it got to the stage last week where apparently they were offering 500 grand a week and willing to pay him his 20 mil that old Barca owes him. Yeah. It, it may become one of the biggest deals in football history that I just see being just all sorts of wrong because he clearly doesn't want to go there. It, it, uh, yeah, it's just typical United. It's like he's Ericsson, good player. You go back to him, like talent, blah, 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 etc. The problem is, like you say, you've already got Bruno there. He's not really what United need, is he? That sort of steal. or He's, he's more an attacking playmaker than a deep-lying one, which you'd think they'd want. So... Listen, anyone's going to be better than McTominay and Fred, but, you know, those are the two that you need to replace. Then De Jong now, you come to that, and you're just thinking, like, if this happens now, if this happens, it's just going to be a complete screw-over of Manchester United. The fee is going to be ridiculous. The talk is now they've agreed to pay some of his back wages, you know, that Barcelona owe him. The weekly wage will be astronomical, and it will be down to a player that, as you said, doesn't want to be there. Imagine overpaying on every element for a player that doesn't want to be there. I mean, got to be honest, like I think De Jong is a talent. I'm not trying to dismiss his talent or make make it sound like he's a no one. But the fee you're paying, the wages you'll be paying, and a player that doesn't want to be there. What a combination that is, guy. It's a club again just showing you how, and they're a good example for everyone, how not to do things. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I think everyone appreciates the player that Frankie de Jong is. I think maybe people expected him to be better from his Ajax days. But that seems to be a story of Ajax players, to be fair. Um, but I still don't think he'd be the player that would fix what they need in midfield. I, I think they need defensive solidity, not not another person who can pass between the lines and stuff. Well, I say another one. <laughs> First person who can pass between the lines because the midfield's that bad. But yeah, if I was them, I'd, I'd be targeting maybe Ndidi's a bad example with his injury problems, but an Ndidi, a Sangare, who's been linked to us um, at the start of the window. It's just, yeah. I, I think the one positive this summer is Ten Hag seemingly doing the right things as a coach, because yeah. Adding, adding discipline, even if it is pre-season, you see a <clears throat> you see a, a, a style of play, patterns, etc. Um, but yeah, I think if his if his idea is to just have this Eredivisie um, total football thing, we've we've seen in the past, man, some man, even Klopp to a certain extent, you can't just come in and treat it like the Bundesliga. You can't play four two three one. You can't play total football. You need workhorse in the team. Even even Pep, like without Rodri, that team doesn't work. Without Fernandinho, the team doesn't work. If Bernardo Silva didn't run his bollocks off, that team wouldn't work. Um, so having a total midfield of Eriksen, Frankie De Jong potentially, and Bruno uh, Fernandez that will get eaten up by all sorts of team in the Premier League, not just the good ones. So I, I think, albeit Ten Hag's a positive, I think he may have a, a culture shock when once the league actually starts. I agree. Yeah, it's it, it was a signing or a manager signing where they're talking about plays a certain style, gives a dynamic, which, you know, I got that to a certain element. I did I did understand that. Like you said, it's very different from the Eredivisie. And also, 
it's completely, completely a different level of football club. You know, he's like got that media exposure to get used to, etc. I think he is just in for a culture shock all round. I really, really do. At the same time, it fascinates me, the stuff that's been coming out, Guy, this Ten Hag implements discipline like a football manager is not supposed to do that. Do you know what I mean? When all the players are saying like, oh, we've been made to run, we've been made to turn... So I can't remember who it was. We've been made to turn up to meetings on time. I think that shows you just how bad the culture is. At Man- or was at Manchester United? Still a lot to do. So, it, it, honestly, they're, they're almost car crash telly to watch. And there will be some moments this year. And I guarantee you, but any money you want on this guy, at some point by October... Then moody Norwich scarves are coming out. I promise you, they will be. They'll be waving them. They'll be complaining. It's just going to be funny. I think they'll be be there on the first day. To be honest, they're, they're upset. I agree with the Glazers that the bad that the Glazers are bad owners, but can't really do much more than offer five hundred grand a week to a player. <laughs> doesn't really doesn't really fit the mo. But they are bad owners. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he can complain for them putting the money up for a player who they're clearly desperate to sign, but just doesn't want to go. But um, Anything before we go, Dave? No, do you know what, though? You kind of signposted at the start. We are moving into crazy territory, aren't we? The big thing you'll see is, after that first game of the season, some players are going to pick up knocks. It's not going to go well. You move into panic territory, don't you? You know, if your club doesn't do well those first few weeks, there's always a few that panic in the guy. So it's... There's still a bit of time to go, but the panicking will start over the next few weeks, so it's ones to watch. That's the thing. I think that that's what the Premier League's known for. Even managers coming out and saying, we're not ready for the Premier League and Marco Silva, I think Scott Parker, etc. So I think up and down the table, it, it'll be a mad one. Whereas we are a Liverpool podcast. It might be outgoings and maybe some youngsters or something like that, but it's going to be quiet for us. We'll be sat on our armchairs watching... It's not Jim White anymore, but we'll be watching it's not, not Jim yeah. White on the last day whilst everyone else is having a, a mental one. Uh, but that 100%. is it for this week. Um, I'm not sure if it'll be Trev and Dave next week, but if it's me, I'll be back then. But I'm sure Dave will be either way. Where Chelsea have signed 700 players, Man City have spent 150 mil, and United still haven't got Frankie De Jong. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.